You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so glad you could join us with Lori Pillow today. She is an Enneagram 8 and we are having such a great life and marriage conversation with Lori today. I'm so grateful that you're with our series. We've been publishing this series of every single type, just the life, the pulled back, showing the cards underneath it all of each Enneagram type in marriage and relationship from that type. And I'm so grateful that you're on this journey with me. I hope that there's many listeners who are both eights and also spouses of eights today, and just those who have a lot of friendships with eights and all of these types we're sharing about, because I wanted to grab people for us who I think make a great guest in this way, that they're going to be real raw and people who are doing their work. But I don't want them to be people who look like a cookie cutter, perfect person because that doesn't exist. And so we literally have no guests ever on the show. But let me be honest, Lori is high level eight. And so I'm very happy you get to learn from her because you get to learn from a woman who's been doing her work and doing it for some time in a dedicated manner. And her global business for home organization, she has so many people who work in tandem with her, hundreds of podcasts and reaches all over the corners of the world which I think comes with a sense of, wow, I have been doing my work and I can be a vulnerable and authentic and let guests know and listeners know, here's a pulled back view of what's going on inside of us. You may see us in one way and we know eights can be a very stereotyped type anyway, but here's our hearts. And I think you're gonna hear from the very beginning, the softness and the love that emanates from Lori as she shares. So I just thank you for listening. I thank Lori for her time together and I wanna dig in with you I want to remind you of her website resources, so make sure you check her out in the show notes and make sure you continue to listen to our episodes where we have deep dives on eights in the past as well as eights with every type back in season one. So go back to the ENM vault and you'll find lots and lots of episodes about eights, by eights, for eights. But this one I think is very powerful in the unique sense that we just let an eight tell us all the things about aggressive assertive stance, about being futuristic, about the ways that they are able to forgive and build trust back. Although some people don't know that eights can do that, they can do this. So be encouraged. And then I'm also asking the tough questions like, what do you do when you feel like your eight is shutting you down? Before Lori comes on, I just want to say a huge shout out to those who have just started their Enneagram and Marriage certification. If you haven't joined us yet, you can. You can also do on demand, but we are off to the races and I'm so grateful. I'll Also, I want to just welcome everybody to continue their self-care journey if you're part of the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner year that we like to organize here each year. We started out with health and fitness in January, February, we said let's add romance, and we're always trying to make sure wherever and whenever 
you're listening that you're showing up with balance too, so that you can add these things in as well as hopefully each week, just ask yourself that pointed question of, am I getting spiritual, emotional, and physical self-care? And you could also do this in terms of instincts. How am I doing with my individual instinct, my self-preserving instinct? How am I doing with my one-to-one instinct? And how am I doing with my social instinct? So you guys make sure you're taking care of you amidst the busy and the frenetic. I 100% get it. We're in the middle of not only dance and theater seasons full swing as we prepare for all these recitals and events, but also soccer just got started back. And so I have my spaces in the week that don't have anything and locked in spaces for family time. And (laughs) I don't mean locked in, I try to make them fun, but also just time for us to decompress as a couple. So if you're married, if you're in a relationship, if you have a best friend, make sure you save time for your people because it's people over process. And if you're just frustrated and fighting a lot, I just want to welcome you. Soon we'll be talking about conflict in March and we have Suzanne Stabile on and we have so many great guests that are going to help walk us through the Ides of March in such a healthier way. So don't worry, we have you covered. Okay, let's welcome Lori on for an awesome eight chat. Lori, thank you so much for joining us on the ENM pod today. I am so excited to be here. As I said, off camera, this is like... My favorite topic to talk about, and I'm here for all of it. Oh my gosh. Well, we introed you, and you've been on our show before, but it's been a while, and some of our listeners haven't heard you. Plus, we're delving deep into eight life today. So tell us a little bit about your business first, and then we're going to get into some family stuff. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So I have a business called Simply Be Organized that I started like 300 years ago, it seems like. (laughs) And I have a podcast called This Organized Life because clearly I was not smart when it came to branding. And so it, it my lane in the professional world is all about clutter and organization to like kind of oversimplify things. I write about it. I teach about it. I talk about it. I live, breathe, eat, and all things, helping people find the simplified way to do things or simplify their lives so that they can focus in on stuff that they want. That's really what it's mm. what it's about. That's kind of like what my mission is. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's what I do. That's what I've been doing. And I write about it, speak about it, coach about it, and talk about it every week. Oh, and you're everywhere talking with big names about it. You're getting advice to people who need it. And one of my favorite things about eight is you're a great clarifier. So you're bringing people clarity to their lives so that they can actually take that breath. And like you said, do what they were born to do. So I love that. I remember your hubby is a three. The last time I was on here, we were doing that like eight, three connection. Oh, and it's, it's funny because I look at both of us and for, I'm sure your listeners know, but both eights and threes are in the aggressive stance. They're very forward thinking people on the surface at first glance. There's a lot of similarities. Obviously our core motivations are very different. And I have done a tremendous amount of work for myself just through therapy and self-discovery. And the Enneagram has played a huge role in that of really being intentional and learning to dial into the healthy side of myself Mm -hmm. and not weaponize the parts of me that can so easily Mm -hmm. intimidate other people. Because by nature, 
I'm big in the room, you know, um, even if it's not, even if it's a place of excitement, it just can come off as like off-putting specifically to certain types. And I have done a lot of work and continue to do a lot of work to be really intentional about knowing my audience and how I'm coming across. Mm. And like he tries, but he's not there like always. So he'll come and like, tell me a situation and I'm, and I know where his heart and his head is at, but his delivery is very in that aggressive stance. And I'm like, that's always not well received. So it's interesting knowing that I can to be that way where I can see that. And I could say, well, maybe if you reposition it this way. Um, So it's been an interesting thing because, you know, we're kind of in different places, but we complement each other really well. I love that. And I love that as every listener knows here, we're always going for real. And I think that it's very real that spouses grow in different spaces and times and ways than each other. And so, like you said, you really gift him with that awareness and whether he takes it or not in that moment, we don't know. And then he's gifting you with other things. And I do think that's a fun fact about you guys, because you're both in that aggressive, assertive stance. And it could be something that you could really remind each other of without maybe feeling as much offense as somebody else, because you're like, okay, I'm powerful. Thank you for that reminder. Okay. Taking a deep breath with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, like most things, it's, 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 a, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Cause you are both, we both have similar blind spots in some ways. So we don't often always see that. Um, but like you said, neither one of us takes offense. We both have pretty thick skin with things. Mm-hmm. So that has been good. You know, our biggest challenge now kind of, as I call it on the back nine with kids who are now, you know, pretty much grown is we had two kids in the withdrawing stance. So again, I know we're here to talk about eights Mm -hmm. and I could dive into that, but Mm -hmm. that without having that Enneagram wisdom and knowledge when they were growing up, I I think it was probably harder on them than they they probably deserved having two very forward-thinking aggressive parents and both being like withdrawing. Mm Mm, man, you bring up a great point. And I know everyone who's in the withdrawing stances of four or five or nine yeah. uh, listening is just feeling that with you, like, yes, this is hard. And I love how you're honest about it. Like Enneagram work ha- has opened you up to being able to say, like, I get, we're all called to love each other, but it isn't always easy when you're in a different stance than somebody. So that wasn't easy, but just hearing your awareness helps me to know that your kids probably still felt a lot of love and still do because they know that you're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I hope so. (laughs) Yes, I believe so. And I want to ask you what it's like, and you've already started this beautiful journey with us, but tell us what it's like about being an eight. And we'll ask some more nuanced questions too, but just some of your core values. We'd love to hear more about you as an eight. Sure. So obviously you guys know the Acer is a challenger. We're all about justice and doing the right thing. And I, before I even knew anything about the Enneagram, I always considered myself the champion of the underdog. That was, you know, that was something that I really, if someone was in need, Mm -hmm. whatever, in whatever way, um, I wanted to be there to try to right a wrong, help lift them up, and just really do what I can. And 
I used to tell my kids, like, we're all, we all have powers in this world. Right. And so mm-hmm. use your powers for good, whatever that looks yes. like, whether that's an athletic power, a talent, whatever it is, just, just whatever it is, use that for good. And so I kind of, that was always just my mantra in life without knowing anything about like the core motivation of the eight or anything. And then when I learned the Enneagram, I started to see the through lines of like how that really manifested itself throughout the things that I've done. We are very guarded. I am guarded, right? And so one of the things that is a statement about eights is that the eights feel like they can affect the world without the world affecting them. Mm-hmm. And I see that very much um, as something that is a work in progress for me where I'm all about wanting to impact people. I mean, look at the work that I do, right? How, yeah. right? how people get free themselves from clutter mm-hmm. and live a more organized life so that they can do what they're meant to do. So I'm all about like, what can I do for you? Yeah. But it's hard for me to kind of let people in. And when I do, it's a very select few people. And it, there's mm-hmm. like a, like, there's like a code, like if you're in, like, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. Um, that's neat. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think, you know, eights for me, eights are just really very misunderstood. And I think probably a lot of types can agree, <gasps> attest to that. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse me, just take a sip of water. Of course, I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. Take your time. And I'm at um, this, so no big deal. <laughs> but yeah, I think eights are misunderstood. Again, just mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, we come across as passionate, but that can also be, we are very tell like it is. We're not your beat around the bush people. Mm-hmm. I'm that friend that if you want honest, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you, I but it. it doesn't mean that that's mean. It just means that I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm that honest friend. And most people appreciate that, but yeah. there are some people that are like, whoa, that's not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. And so just letting them know that we are genuinely coming from a place of goodness, if you're in a healthy spot, like I am, right? And I also try to come as a solutions provider. I'm not somebody that's going to complain about something. So as an eight, I have this level of intensity that's just kind of always there. And a lot of people just see that as being very like too much for people. And so again, the misunderstanding is that we are super bossy or intimidating or trying to overpower. And again, in an unhealthy way, we could do that using our powers for not good, but more often than not, it's really just about how we want to show up to make a difference. And so I think just getting that that understanding Mm -hmm. and being true to ourselves, but also trying to recognize like, being better at reading the room. You know, I think that's always a, mm. a, a, a point that I'm always like, okay, let me just, let me take a pulse check of that. Mm, I like that coming into your heart, coming into your thinking and your body. And I think that you also reminded us that you have such a good heart for giving people some solutions and ideas. When you do come to them with some clarifying things, mm-hmm. you're not saying like, I'm just here to judge and to tell you that you're wrong as somebody could do, who's a one, eight or nine in that triad of the body yeah. types who tend to be a little bit judgy uh, for better and for worse. And I like how you said, but I come in with ideas and do you mm-hmm. feel like you force them on people as an eight? Or do you feel like you're like, no, here's just some ideas that I have for you. Probably. Back in the day, 
Mm -hmm. it was probably a little bit more forceful, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a little bit more like, um, Mm -hmm. I think my way is the right way. Mm -hmm. So I'm, and, and so I'm sure the times where it was, because I felt that, yeah, I'm, I have a better way of doing things. Right. And so it it probably did come across that way. Mm. Um, But really my goal now is to just provide options. And I think you bring up a really good point about the communication piece of it. And so much of the work that I'm doing now is really kind of talking about the role and the importance of clear communication to solve problems. And that's all problems with clutter with organization in your marriage, all the misunderstandings that happen. Um, And again, with Enneagram, you look at the fact that people are coming from all of these different lenses and if, you know, and everyone's style is different. And so just being able to kind of articulate what your communication style is and be aware of that and be aware of how the people that you're interacting with respond to that? Is that a negative thing? Is it not? Um, is so important just to get results. Because at the end of the day, most of us are all trying to get to the same place. Like we all want the same thing, but we're just going about it differently. Yeah, you're right. We don't want to have one person be the winner and one the loser. And we want our families to be healthy and happy. And we want to help others in the world, but you're just giving people good ideas. And I like how you said so honestly, Lori, yes, in the past, I have gone about it in the unhealthy ways because every human has, but you're saying as I grow, as I learn, I'm learning to give people options because I'm a great clarifier, because I have good, solid ideas foundationally. And, uh, you know, knowing that they know their lives better than you, but that you have a lot of insights could be life-changing. I'm sure some of your clients have told you your help has been life-changing. You're so successful. Oh, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. And again, just empowering people who maybe are a little bit more insecure. Maybe they are in the dependent stance. Maybe they are, you know, somebody that needs a little bit more reassurance. Um, and just gifting them the the tools and kind of using yourself like as a you know, giving them, you know, that, that put up that permission, that empowerment really to be able to feel like, yes, Mm -hmm. I can do this is something that I think is that eights have, Mm -hmm. right. You can do that as an eight, because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we command a certain amount of respect in our, you know, I feel like the Mm -hmm. eights that I interact with in their respective fields, in whatever that looks like, um, they are the leaders by default or by design. Mm. Um, and people do listen to them. And so again, you have an opportunity to be able to use that to impact other people that that might not come as intuitively. Mm. You said that so well, and I'm glad that you're using your (laughs) gifts to empower others. And that really, really adds to what I was going to ask you about marriage is how can eights be at their best in their marriage? And I hear you starting us off with saying you can encourage your partner to use their gifts in the world in a strong and powerful way because of how you believe in them as an eight. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I I also think I don't want to be like, oh, we're so like, there's a lot of work that has to be done and slowing down and listening and Mm. taking a step back or taking a knee is Mm. something that 
I've really had to put into practice on a daily basis because my, my, I, no pun intended, my gut reaction is to do, right? Like I'm in that gut triad. Like my yeah. my knee-jerk reaction to any situation is how do I fix it? How do I solve it? How do I correct this? How do I make it better? You know, that is just what my default mode is. Yeah. And sometimes the best thing you could do is listen or nothing. Mm-hmm. And that is hard for somebody like me. And so- working on that, working on being intentional of sitting in that feeling Mm -hmm. center, Mm -hmm. right? Or looking to answers in that feeling center is something that doesn't come naturally to me. So Mm -hmm. I have to be like, okay, let's, let's go there. Mm -hmm. And that's not always a comfortable place for an eight. (laughs) Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about that. uh, If you're comfortable to know, like, because we're not, many of us listening aren't eights. Why is it uncomfortable? Are we now hitting the vulnerability piece that eights don't like to be as vulnerable? Totally. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I would say I was, this was a couple years ago and I was talking to my therapist and we were talking about some family situation that was causing a rift or whatever as family situations do. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, how do you feel about that? I was like, I don't feel anything about that. Like I'm annoyed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she's like, well, you're feeling by default is like rage. And I go, oh, I guess you're right. Like this was years ago before. And yeah. she, and I, she's like, does it, and I was like, I don't, cause to me, I would associate feeling with like sad or emotional. Like if someone would say, how do you feel about that? I I would associate that with that touchy feely, like mm-hmm. I'm not a crier, I'm not that, but mm-hmm. but yeah, my emotion, my feeling as I air quote would be anger, rage, like not the good ones, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. being intentional to like, and I was okay sitting in that, right? Like, cause I could navigate that cause that would give me energy mm-hmm. to then mm-hmm. take action. Mm. And so it would almost fuel me. Mm-hmm. So rage would fuel me to right the wrong or fight the fight or stand up for what I believed in. And sometimes it was at the detriment of a relationship or, you know, it wasn't worth it in the end. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always would say, you know, it was for me, it was more important to be right than liked. Like I was pr- mm-hmm. principled, like I, I, this is, this is, and not that I don't think that things have to be so black and white, but if mm-hmm. I believe something to be true, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to stand by what is right in my mind. And that yeah. to me, mm-hmm. like was, you know, I, like I would die on the cross for that. Mm-hmm. And I've learned like, sometimes it's the fight, right? Like you don't have to fight every fight. Not mm-hmm. everything has to go into battle. Mm-hmm. And that softness isn't necessarily weakness. I think for eights, at least for me, I can't speak for all eights, of course, but for myself, that previously I would have seen that as a sign of yes, and I don't anymore. Mm. So previously, can you say that one more time? Previously, yeah. you would have seen oh, gosh. softness. I'm like, what did I say? No, previously I would have seen like not going to the mat on something I believed in to be 
you know, principled, I would have seen that as a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I look at like the bigger picture, mm-hmm. not every battle is worth fighting, you know, and, and just like with parenting, right. You, you would pick my husband, would, you know, I'm not going to pick every, I'm not going to fight every battle with the kids. I'm going to fight the ones that make, because it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting for you. It's exhausting to the person that you're constantly battling. Mm-hmm. And so some, you have to pick and choose. And I think as an eight, that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. because again, we get energy from conflict. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that we shy away from. Bring it. You want to challenge me? Bring it on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's again, if you're playing a long game, that's not always the best way. And I think for eights, we are, we have a tendency to be impulsive Mm -hmm. because we're just like, oh, we'll do it. And then we'll move right on Mm -hmm. but not recognizing the full effect Mm -hmm. that our outburst has on other people Mm -hmm. or the lasting effects Mm -hmm. like that is. And I say that from, you know, friendships Mm -hmm. from stuff. And like I said, my husband and I are both aggressive. So I think it has served us well because we could both go head to head mm-hmm. and move past it. Mm-hmm. But realizing that my kids couldn't let it go as much as I could let it go because mm-hmm. they're just not wired that way. Yeah. Um, and that's been a tough lesson to learn, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. What a gift to listeners who are <laughs> in those parenting years to know, like, there are repercussions if you don't learn these lessons. And we're both trying to be vulnerable and say, learn from us. I mean, we would really not want people to repeat the same mistakes, just as I'm sure our listeners wouldn't, but I'm really grateful for you to be this vulnerable. And I know that, like you said, thinking back to your moment in the therapist office and probably other vulnerable moments, I know lately the memes that have been going around in my teenagers, you hear these little words that are just phrasings that are popular. And right now, one of them is core memories. I hear that all the time from them. Oh, is that? That's a core core memory, (laughs) just core memory just been built, you know? And so I'm hearing that though, that there are some core memories for eights of both times when, as they grow older, they're like, I'm not doing that again, because this right over relationship has ruined some things, but there's also some core memories as to why eights probably don't want to be vulnerable. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I could, I, and I was having this conversation the other day with my therapist, same therapist. Mm-hmm. And I was, my mom who is no longer here, she passed away and I love her. She's an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her Enneagram type was, but if I were to type her, I would think she was a two. That's what I would think she was a two Um, or possibly a six, either a two or six. That's what I would think. So either way, if I am correct, she was in the dependent stance. And so again, her growing up, she was very loving and very nurturing, but I never felt like she had my back. Mm. Like she didn't stand up for me where like I would like go to bat for my kids. And I've given my kids like tons of independence and I'm not a helicopter mom at all. Like of all my friends, like I've empowered my kids to be, you know, independent thinkers and advocate for themselves and all of the things. But yes, I have that mama bear in me. And I think I'd like to believe that both my kids know that like, Mm -hmm. oh, you don't want to piss my mom off kind of thing because I will. And I saw that as like 
my mom didn't do this for me, so I'm going to do it for you. Mm. And I think my kids may have seen like, back up, mom, I got this, you know? So again, the intention behind it was, I don't ever want my kids to feel like they don't have somebody in their corner. And and as an adult and as a mom, I know my mom did the best she could. And I'm sure she was. It was just, again, like she didn't display it in the way that Mm-hmm. I guess I had hoped that, that she would have. And just like, I'm sure my kids say the same thing about me in other ways. Right. Um, right. So That's such an honoring way to honor your mom's legacy, but also to give people maybe in that dependent stance or uh, withdrawing stance, just the reminders that if you have an eight for a child or uh, somebody who appears to be like an eight, that could be a real strong feeling that they have, which is, you know, please support me and let me know I'm not alone here. And, um, you know, I, I, wow, there's just so much that we could unpack there. Thank you for being vulnerable about that because yeah, that's really powerful for us to consider. And I really want people to hear, cause we do tend to get each generation, whether it be generation X or Y or anything in between, uh, millennial, you are needing to at least take a look to see generations above and below have their reasons for doing things. So mm-hmm. I like how you're aware of that. Um, now when trust, Oh, go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say, I think it's just, it's the, uh, the power of knowing all of the different types, not just your own. And that's what I love about the Enneagram. And I love about the work that you do. I was just going to say, because the more that we can educate ourselves on the best and worst of ourselves, mm-hmm as well, or I call them the strengths and struggles, right? The, your own strengths and struggles, as well as the, the the characteristics of the other types of the people that are in your world that you associate with. Mm-hmm. It just allows you to have that grace and perspective because mm-hmm. you're still going to mess up, but it gives context that I didn't have. You know, I didn't have it growing up and I didn't have it when my kids were little. So like anybody that's listening now that has kids, Mm-hmm. or that they're just starting out, like th- it's just such a powerful tool. So mm-hmm. I love, I'm always happy to talk about that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's, it, there's just so much, but anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I love it. And I mentor <laughs> eight girls and they're some of my favorite girls in the world and they're open to learning. And it's just, when we have good tools in our uh, pockets, it's like, oh, you just saved yourself so much trauma with your future kids. And we're just yeah. like so happy when people want to learn. So thank you for saying that. And I guess now I think we're at a point in a good way that we have this huge question for everyone wants to know this about eights. And that is when we have maybe broken trust because we've hurt an eight and we've, uh, you know, made them feel sad. And that's not a feeling, as you said, that eights want to sit with typically, uh, mm-hmm. even eights doing their work. It's not going to be yay. I'm sad. Uh, <laughs> like a four would feel, you know, um, it's, it's no, I've got to get away from this. And as you really so eloquently said, it, it, it empowers you to have the anger. How can we come back to that space of trust when, when things have been crossed and lines have been crossed with an eight, because we We've all heard an eight say, once trust has been lost, it's never to be found again. But I know there's got to be some ways we can work with that. It, and and here, I am here to say it's definitely harder, right? Because, because but it can be done. So like, let's just, it can be done. Um, it has to be a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that eights I think are great at is being able to say, set something down and move on right? Mm -hmm. And not come back and harbor 
things in the past. It's just, that's just, to me, that's just a waste of time and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously there's power in knowing the past and recognizing things so that you can change patterns of behavior, but yeah. I don't sit there and, and like, for lack of a better word, wallow in things. Woulda, yeah. coulda, shoulda. I just, I just don't see yeah. the, the value in that. Yeah. yeah. So because we are forward thinking, because we are quicker to process than some of the other types. I think that's that's a good thing when it comes to rebuilding trust because mm-hmm. if you make that conscious choice that I'm going to let you back in, right? Um, let you back into my inner circle, my world. Um, for me, it's like if I make that decision that I'm, you know, you hurt me, but there's regret or remorse, and we're going to rebuild. Then today's day one. Like we're we're out we're moving on, and I don't really look back on that. And I have had, and I think it's hard because I have been on the receiving end of being cut off and like canceled from people yeah. without an opportunity to say I screwed up and I'm truly sorry for that. And I don't want. I, And I know how that feels. So I don't want, if somebody's important to me, like I don't want to just not give somebody to have that opportunity for redemption Mm -hmm. in my world. Mm, That is the caring, sensitive eight side. I love that we're getting to see that today, Lori. That is not easy. And yet you're reminding eights listening, you can do this and you do have such a sweet heart under it, that armor. And now we get to see how it could look. It could look like you said, just day one. Let's just start over because we're too precious to each other to lose it all. But Mm -hmm. we still have to start at step one, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we all have to put in the work. I think it's a two-way street in relationships. You know, you got to show up. You got to show up. And one of the people who I listen to quite a bit, Dr. John Deloney, he says all the time, like behavior is a language. And we all have that, you know, and how we give it to people or show up in the world for people. And there's truth in silence and there's truth in showing up and there's truth in all of that. And so we do have a a soft gooey center amongst our hard candy shell, I tell people. And, and the, you know, again, I think a lot of it has to do with seasons of life and age and certainly the work that I've done to study the Enneagram and do be in therapy and all the other things to hopefully get to a point where I have perspective, yeah. you know, and not just running on autopilot. Cause any type that runs on autopilot is not going to be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we need community. Like you said, we need families and friend groups who look different and can help us to see the other perspectives and the past thinkers and the compliant present and the future, other future oriented. And it's nice that you know that and that you're willing to work with people of different orientations. And that really reminds eights definitely let people teach you, definitely make sure you're not the only one doing the work. Um, And I would add to eights listening, people's energy levels are not the same. Just about every week, at least I have a client who has either a spouse or an eight client who has to be reminded not everyone has the gusto of an eight. So it's helpful for the eight to not feel, uh, it's going to be hard not to feel sad about it, but at least to know maybe they have good intentions. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And again, like people will say, I don't know how you do it all. First of all, I don't do it all. Let's (laughs) let's be honest. I have, I have, (laughs) 
people who I, I delegate things to at work and I outsource things at home, you know, to help get the things done. But yeah, there, there does seem to be a, like a, a, a longer bandwidth that I have for, I don't know, getting things done than, uh, compared to without taking a break than other types do. But yeah. um, we all have our special superpowers, whatever they are. And Aww, I guess that's ours. Yes. Thank you for reminding <laughs> us and sharing the wealth. You're like, but you have a superpower too, guys. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> does. Oh yeah, my gosh. 100%. Absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent. And thank you for giving us that inside peek about trust being rebuilt. What about another question I have before we get to talking a bit more about you, this question that I think a lot of eights wonder and spouses of eights. And that is when we're dealing with eights who have done something wrong and they maybe figured it out or their spouse has figured it out. How can we help them to feel safe in owning that with their partner? The first thing that comes to mind is to reassure the eight that you're not going to leave them. Abandonment's a big theme mm-hmm. for eights. Again, at least for this eight. Uh, yeah. um, and so I think there's this like core part in me that thinks, well, you're going to leave at some point. Right. And then I think that breeds our independence, right? That a lot of our independence stems from the fact that if we don't do it, nobody's going to do it for us. Right. I think underlying there's that, that little unspoken voice in there. That's like, well, you, you can't rely on other people because you're, you have to show up for yourself, which is kind of sad. And it's not always true, but it's the false narrative that we tell ourselves. And maybe it's come from a past experience or whatever. Um, So I think when there are, times of conflict or struggle, reassuring. And again, it's not always reassuring in your words. It's also reassuring in your actions that you're going to just show up because eights are intuitive. And like, Mm. if you're there in the room, but you're like, not really there, you wish you weren't there. Like an eight's going to pick up on it. Like we're pretty sharp, Mm, you know, good to know. So like, don't be passive aggressive. I I don't like passive aggressive at all, you know? And so that is, and, and also if you're mad, just say you're mad, like, let's hash it out like that. I would rather do that than have that unspoken festering kind of thing. Mm. But I think again, um, that's, I think that the theme is just like, Hey, you're going to take me good and bad. You're not just going to leave because I'm too much. Mm-hmm. You just brought up such a soft part of the eight. And I want anyone who's in the nine stance or passive aggressive, just any of us <laughs> can be. Um, I want to say, hang in with us guys, because I think we're getting somewhere here when you hear her as an eight say also, uh, you know, when we see you withdrawal, it feels abandoning to us. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be as strong and powerful and maybe you don't have the same energy match at times, or at least you might not feel like you do. Um, how can they show up in a way that mm-hmm. still says I'm here, but maybe they can't match your energy and you might just have yeah. an idea or two. Yeah. And again, I don't think, at least for me, I don't expect people to match my energy. Okay. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I think authenticity is just a really big thing and be and transparency. So just let people know, like, this is what I can do. This is what I want to do. Just having that open door communication of like, listen, 
this is something that I, I, you know, I'm just big on like, tell me where, and this, I I do, I'm trying to think of like situations as I'm answering this question, you know? So like, I do a lot of volunteer work in our community Mm -hmm. and these are things that are by choice people want to get involved with. And I'm super passionate about it. And there's a lot of moving parts and I have a tendency to get like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And again, that could like all of a sudden for other people, they can be like their head starts spinning and having the, um, you know, for me, I just want people to say, okay, you know what this, I can do this piece of it. Right. And, and just being honest about kind of like what you, people's limitations are, what they're willing to do, what they can do. Um, and I realized that for a lot of people, they're not comfortable with that. And I've learned that, like I was having a conversation with somebody who's a nine and they thought that a conversation just about like, like everything was a confrontation. And I was like, no, you're just having a, like, that doesn't mean it's a conflict. Like this is, you're just having like to say, you know what? I don't know if I can get this done by this deadline because I have a lot of things going on in my life. Mm. That is not a confrontation. That is just communicating. Mm. And nine was like, really? That seems very confrontational. And I'm like, I don't think you know, in my head, I'm like, that is not confrontational. So I think, you know, for other people, so it's important for an eight to recognize that not everybody is comfortable being as direct as we are, where Mm -hmm. I would just say, you know what, listen, I really want to help you with this, but I have all these other things going on. So here's what I can do, Mm -hmm. but I can't do A through Z, but I can do A, B, and C. Will that work? Mm -hmm. And that is a very comfortable place for me. Mm -hmm. And and knowing that it's not for other people, I don't know if I'm really answering your question. I feel like I went off on a tangent, but like knowing as an eight that it's my responsibility to try to meet people where they are and 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 make them feel safe mm-hmm. to be their best version of themselves is something that I, if if I'm in a position of leadership, whether it's I'm leading a committee or a book club or whatever it is, right? Um, To just try to take a pulse check of the room, which makes me stop at or pause Mm -hmm. and lean into a little bit more of a feeling Mm -hmm. center as well as a thinking center, not just that doing all the time. Mm, so you are recommending eights in order to keep the emotional scorecard of the people with you to just do that head, heart, body check. And also yeah. to the people in the room say, you know, don't worry about offending an eight if you just need to set a boundary. Um, totally. I think that's really helpful for even me to hear too, because sometimes I do feel really guilty about the teen girls that I do mentor and my clients, I know to keep boundaries with, but when it's eight friends in my life, in other words, which those two are some of the top for, for our family, uh, sometimes when I can't do as much as I would like, uh, it's helpful for me to say, here's what I can do versus I think what we could do with eights, which is like, I can't match your energy. So therefore forget it. And you're saying, no, like don't abandon your eights, but do tell them what's possible for you. Right. And, and I, I think there's also this misconception that we are an all or nothing. Mm-hmm. We're all or nothing people. Yeah. And, and that's just not true. You know, again, that's just not true. And I just, 
for me, it's important to just have the expectation of, hey, listen, if you could show up one day a week or one hour a week or whatever that is, you don't have to be here all the time, but whatever that whatever that boundary that sets fruit that that works, just communicate that. I think that's just really the biggest thing. And because we value that and we can um that we can work with. It's just let's let's be again, it goes back to the directness. Let's just be direct about what that is. And you're not going to be letting us down. I think there's just fear also that we're going to be like disappointed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's helpful for us to hear. Like if you have to do that, be open, be clear back to the clarifying, right? Let them yes. know what you can give. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, this is so helpful. Thank you for opening this door for us. And also just reiterating, hey, aids are not just black and white, especially the healthier they get, they can see the shades. They know that there's different colors and that not everyone can match their energy. But if you can tell them, uh, Hey, I need to do, if you're working together, like you said, just being clear about what you can and can't do that makes an eight feel comfortable because they know where you stand or in friendship. Here's what I can do versus Mm -hmm. just saying, forget it all together. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, this is a conversation I could take all day with me, but I was like, keep them coming. I'm just keep, (laughs) keep serving them. I'll volley them right back. Well, I really want to ask, um, last tips before I ask the, the organizational stuff question, um, Mm -hmm. any tips for spouses that just, if they're discouraged because they feel like they're eights, so high energy and needs a lot of attention and, uh, you know, is maybe running a mile a minute and they can't get a word in edgewise. These are some of the things I hear in my coaching. What would you Mm. say to comfort that spouse or just to help that spouse? So, and again, every, every eight's going to be different, but if you as a non eight are married to an eight and you feel like you're being bulldozed, over, write a letter, carve out time to say, like, if you feel like I can't get a word in edgewise, and especially if the eight isn't like in a healthy place and they're going to maybe feel attacked and go back at, you know, and you want to get your point across, I think writing it down and letting somebody digest that, I think that's something that I've learned to do on the giving and the receiving end um, has been helpful because that way you can speak your piece without being interrupted Mm. and then, you know, set up a time to like talk about it. And I, again, eights don't want to see, they want to be matched, right? We like, we we don't want somebody to be like weak or meek, Mm. right? So we'll, we will respect you if you stand up to us for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. So if we are being, Mm-hmm. bossy or demanding or any of the unhealthy adjectives mm-hmm. that eights can be. Well, I mean, any of us can be, but eights have a more of a tendency to, to take on in, you know, just without realizing it. Um, don't be afraid to call them out on it mm-hmm. because eights will respond to being called out on it. We might not like it, but like, we'll respect that. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I'll respect it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so even, and it might be out of your comfort zone as a non-eight. So that might be really uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but you have a choice. You have to, do you want to just suffer in silence 
tiptoe around or do you want to get to the root of it? And eights are all about getting to the root of something mm-hmm. and let's let's clean it up. Mm, mm, yes. Oh, yes. I'm so glad. And that, that is like the perfect segue. I don't okay. know if that was intentional. It wasn't. Peanut business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you guys heard the woman. Get us organized. Make sure you guys tell your eights where you're at. Challenge them. And I see an image of two tigers playing. I see the playfulness that I have with my eight girls that I work with. And they're so fun. And you have to come up and be with them in that. And then like you said, then the eight can decide, like, are we still going to have our same relationship? But if you don't even engage it and you don't even try, they won't feel close to you. So come up, connect, play, banter. Hey, you're taking over, you know, and then they'll decide, Hey, can I pause? Can I take a step back and write the letters? So thank you. But now back to clean up, help us to get a bit organized. Tell us what we can do, Lori, and what you specialize in to help people to get clarified in their lives a bit more. Yeah. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. I don't know if I'm, <laughs> if, if I'm going to be able to like solve the world's issues in, you know, five minutes or less, but uh, you know, I think really for a lot of people, again, when we think about clutter, we all have a picture in our mind of what that looks like, or we think of an organized space, we have a picture in our mind. And in true Enneagram form, the picture that I have is going to be a very different picture than what you have. And so communication and that clarity piece is so, so crucial as we are navigating through the process. You know, the first step for anybody that is struggling with clutter or disorganization, whether it's with their calendar, like I'm so overscheduled or the physical stuff, I just have so much, you know, volume of things and I just don't have a great system is obviously you want to have that buy-in, right? You want to have that. I want to make a change because yeah, if without that wanting to make a change, it's, if it's not, if something's not a pain point, we're not going to be inclined to, to fix it. Right. If you have to want to lose weight, you want to have to, you know, you, you want to exercise because it's going to get health, you you know, you're going to be healthy. And so the first thing is you want to have that find whatever your motivation is. And that's where understanding your Enneagram type is so, so important to to just kind of the piece as another piece of the puzzle. And then once you have that, developing the right action plan that is going to tie in because the one size fits all approach doesn't work. And this was so, so eye-opening to me when learning the Enneagram. You know, for some people starting small and doing a little 15 minute a day, tight up, tidy up or decluttering, works. When I would talk to ones, that was like more stressful than not because they're like, I can't start something and not finish it. I can't leave it un, un, undone. Like I have to complete it from start to finish in one shot. Yeah. And so understanding what strategy is going to work for you based on your time, your bandwidth, your situation is going to be really important. And anytime somebody says, this is the way to do it. And like, this is like, take it with a grain of salt. There are so many ways to do it. And I think again, understanding like, what is the goal? Why are we doing this? Because organization in and of itself should not be the end game, right? Because you're going to come up feeling empty. It's, it's just like saying, it's yeah. just, it's, it's just like saying, I want to weigh, you know, I don't know, a hundred, a hundred pounds, 120 pounds, a hundred, whatever it is. Okay. That can't be the end game. It's, I want to feel good about myself. I want to be healthy. I want to, whatever it is. It can't just be, I want to have a 
Pinterest looking closet because that's too shallow and it's not sustainable. So you want that bigger why. And so knowing what that is, is really, really important. And that is also the juice to help you keep going because like anything, it's a practice. It's ongoing. We don't just organize our spaces and then never touch it again. We don't organize our calendar or email or fill in the blank and it everything just freezes in time. Right. It's an ongoing practice. And so figuring out how can this be sustainable in my life? Because that's what we're doing. We're playing this long game. How are we, how can we factor this in? So we're not spending all of our time with this. We want this to be a a catalyst so that we can do the things that we really want to do or that we were meant to do. Mm, that's a nice way of putting it. And I like how you remind us that each Enneagram type also has their own motivations for getting organized. And so when they work with you, of course, first of all, guys, she has over 300 podcasts. I mean, she has a book, <laughs> she has freebies, amazing ones. And, and yet you also have a team of organizers, right? If they want somebody to meet with them locally to help them, it sounds like you even do that service. Yeah. So we have, um, thanks. We have a, uh, it's called the SBO partner program and it is a, community of professional organizers all over. Um, I say all over the globe because we've got partners in Mexico. We have relationships with people in Australia and the UK and whatever, but majority of, majority of our organizers are in the U S but we do have of people outside the U S and these are all people that own and operate their independent companies, but they, we all have the same mission of wanting to help people. And so in addition to all, like you said, the free content that we put out on the podcast and the downloads and hundreds of blog posts and mm-hmm. podcasts and all the things. Um, if you do, if you are at a crossroads and there's no shame in that, right? We all hire experts to help us with our lawn, with training, with nutrition, with, you know, to make our start my hair, whatever it is, like you hire people to help get you to the point that you might need to. Um, and there's no shame in that. We have a ton of people that are ready, willing, and able to help you. So that's, you know, just go to our website, which is simply beorganized.com. And you can find everything, all the things there. And that's the letter B, right? Simply yes, it is. Thank B. you. Simply the letter B. I usually say that, but yes, simply the letter B, like boy. And I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. But. I will. And I just want people to find you because you're so helpful. So oh. I'm like, oh, and you just told us like, don't shame yourselves. And uh, I hear you speaking to fellow eights to say like, it's not weakness. If you, you know, everyone needs help and services. We all have different gifts. So that's awesome to remind ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think we as eights can be really hard on ourselves, right? We hold ourselves up to uh, sometimes an unattainable standard, right? We put these and and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily stereotype. I mean, obviously I can only speak for myself as an eight. I'm sure every type puts, and we obviously we know like ones put this like ridiculous standard on themselves, but I think every type does to a certain degree, but you know, we're all human and showing that transparency and vulnerability is, um, I think helps all of our credibility, to be honest. It's not weakness. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, 
space to end because you're reminding us that when we're showing our cards, that we're becoming more amenable to people, that people are coming with actual courage instead of being intimidated or like she could never understand me because she has it all together. We're just like, you know what? Like there's no shame in that. And so I love that you're reminding everybody of that today. Cross the board. You did such a beautiful job for loving on every single type. So thank you, Lori, so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me on and allowing me to shed some light on us crazy eights. Oh, we love you guys. All right. Well, thank you guys. Everything of hers in the show notes. Thank you, Lori. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Everything is in the show notes that you need from Lori. We also have our deep dive guide for type eights in the show notes. If you just need a pulled back resource for yourself as you are hammering this all out, figuring it out, keep your heart open. Remember softness is not weakness, but also remember your strength is glorious and we love to see you lead and protect in the world two eights. And thank you for the work you're all doing out there with us. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.